Let me start off by saying how honored I am to be representing Jessica and her grandmother, but especially the Lord Jesus Christ tonight in this memorial service for her grandmother who just recently passed away. Uh, we thank God for Jessica here at the church. She plays such a vital, important role here. Little we might be in numbers, but great we are in the Lord. And uh, we've seen some wonderful things happen here at the church. And we are very honored to have her and each one of you guys that came here tonight uh, to, to really celebrate a life that's been lived. And to go over memories and things that, that created in Jessica the person that she is. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the obituary. And it says, Karen Elizabeth Burgess Hardy. 80 of Dougherty Township passed away on Saturday, March 13th, 2021 in the Good Samaritan Hospice in Brighton Township. Born on December 13th in 1940 in Rochester, she was the youngest daughter of the late Raymond Carl Burgess and Mary Allen Davis of Aliquippa. Karen was preceded in death by her husband of 52 years, Joseph Edward Hardy, whom she married on August the 9th, 1958 in Wexford, Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. Other than her parents and husband, Karen was preceded in death by five brothers, Ray Lee Burgess of East Hempfield Township in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, William Ralph Bill Burgess of Aliquippa, Robert David Butch Burgess of Mount Holly Springs of Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, John Richard of New Swickley Township, and James Roy Murph Burgess of Industry, and a sister, Edith Allen Sis. Strong Snyder of North Swickley Township. Family activities were immensely important to Karen, who rarely missed an opportunity to attend her children's and grandchildren's sports and other events. She greatly enjoyed spending time with her children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren and never failed to make each and every one of them feel special, loved, and appreciated. She went out of her way to prepare magnificent and extravagant holiday meals for her family for New Year's Day, for Easter, Memorial Day, Independence Day, Labor Day, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and gladly opened her home for hundreds of neighborhood and family get-togethers over the years. The sports games, family reunions, community picnics, Christmas cookie baking events, sled riding gatherings, graduation parties, and weddings she so kind-heartedly and graciously hosted over the years are still very fondly remembered by hundreds of neighbors and family members that Karen warmly welcomed to her home. The selfless, simple, and sincere way Karen made her friends and family feel her love and respect for them will be treasured by all she touched. Karen is survived by her children, Joseph Kirk Hardy, Brian Thomas Hardy, Susan Eileen, Noah and Noah Shear, Janet Lynn Hardy Miklos, 12 grandchildren, Robert Hardy, Michelle Colleen Hardy, Andrew Thomas and Holly Hardy, Amber Renee Hardy and Jared Joyner, Caitlin Noel Hardy and Chris Flynn, Caleb John and Shelby Hardy, Jessica Eileen Shearer Johnson, Noah Jacob Shear, Molly Karen Shear, and Mike Frasso, Rachel Suzanne, Kevin Reeves Shear, Duncan Bernard Miklos, and Lila Elizabeth Miklos. 16 great grandchildren, including Landon, Brandon, Carsa, 
Carson, Ada, Beth, Nolan, Jonah, Murphy, Savannah, Jared, Wyatt, McKinley, Noah, Alethea, Everett, Kylie, and Annabelle Kristen, and brothers George, Edward, Ned, Burgess, and Donald, Ralph, Pete, Mark, Neubauer, Burgess, sister Mary Louise Burgess, Jack, Vaughn, sister-in-law Janet May Hardy, Zagraden, I hope I said that right, probably not, and 17 nieces and nephews, which I'm glad has not been included in this list. Whew, that was, I tell you, that's a tongue twister to start this memorial service off. Okay, I want to read some scripture that often comes to mind, especially when we're dealing with death. And out of the hundreds upon hundreds, if not thousands of these kinds of services that I've done, always this scripture comes to mind. In Psalm 39, King David penned something that was absolutely incredible as he began to look at himself in a much different way than he had been looking at himself before. This is what he said. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Father God in heaven, we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for Jessica and her family. And I pray for the preaching of the word that it might, Lord, go into the ears of the hearer and touch the heart of those that's listening. That, Lord, you might do a work in all of us that's present tonight and anyone that hears the words of God. For it's not man, Lord God, that can produce healing. Only you can, especially when it comes to spiritual wounds. Lord, we ask your blessings, guidance, and leadership tonight and ask you to bless this little service that we're having and ask you to reach down and create healing in Jessica's heart and in her family's heart. Lord, we know how difficult this can be when you lose a parent, a grandmother, a friend. Lord, it's, it's truly heart-wrenching and changes our lives. But Lord, you can do the healing. Let your face shine upon them and be with them in every way. And we give you praise, glory, and honor in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. No matter who you are, death is a difficult thing to deal with. You think of this, though. It's the most natural event that's been taking place for, for since the beginning of time. Ever since humankind entered the world, death has been taking place. But yet, it's the most unprepared for event and the, and the most unthought of event. And it always ends in a heart-wrenching way. Even though it's been going on for millennia. Even though it's a natural part of our life, yet we somehow want to fend it off away from us and we never think about it. 
It's so very important that we realize this and have this moment like David had where he looked deeply into himself and said, you know what? I think this is a very important thing that I realize that my time on this earth is limited. David didn't say that so he could go and live it up and and have a great time. No, he understood that he would use this time to make his life better, other people's lives better, just like Karen did here, and also prepare his time of death with God. Because ultimately, whether you want to believe this or not, we all will face God. It's so very important that we honor God in services just like this one. Oftentimes, people only wish to honor a family member or wish or honor a wish of a family member in times like this. And yet God, our father, is given no place at all and is really merely forgotten. But trust me. As a father. Any true father loves his children. I tell my children that I love them. But there's always one who loves them more than me. Infinitely more than me. And that's Jesus Christ and God our Father. It's important to remember that every single human being was created by God. The Scripture even says that the body belongs to the Lord. And when we exited the womb, it was God who breathed into us the breath of life. And he made us all a living soul upon conception in the womb. And it's important that we honor him for the life lived in people. After all, he is our father. After all, he is the one that created us. After all, it is He that gave us life. After all, every good thing that was in Karen was created and given by God. And we honor Karen for being obedient to that creation. But we also honor God for putting her here in the first place. We forget about that a lot of times. And we kind of leave God out of the equation. But it's so important because all the good things that we just read about in this obituary, and I'm sure all the wonderful things that Jessica is going to talk about here in just a minute. Let me tell you, the Bible says that all good things comes down from up above. That if there's any good thing in a human being, it was put there by God in heaven. Now, I know that some people say that they might not believe this. And, um, and I have preached many sermons to, to unbelieving people and hundreds of people. I, I can recall in my mind, I can, I'm sitting here remembering services where there were hundreds and hundreds of people in huge, huge funeral homes who didn't believe. And I told them the same thing. That it changes nothing. And you guys have heard me say this many, many times. Just like the person that might say to us, you know, I don't believe that fire burns. That's not my faith. 
But the reality of the situation is when you stick your hand in the fire, you get burned. So believing in something that isn't true doesn't change anything. And we can't create our own truth. But God is the reality. Only the spiritually blind would look at this marvelously created world and say that there is no creator. And I see God in this obituary in the life of this person. Each one of us is put here for a length of time. Like a jigsaw puzzle, each piece fits specifically together and has a function in creating the overall picture that God wishes to create. And as each piece comes together and knows where it belongs and and what it is, you you can see that the piece of the puzzle that Karen possessed fit nicely into her culture that she lived in, the community that she lived in, the family that she served, that she was wonderfully loved by, as this thing says, multiple people in her community. Hundreds of people came to their house. Why? To enjoy the creation that God put within her. And so we honor her and we honor God. At these times, you know, it causes us to look more inwardly and examine our own souls when someone so close to us leaves forever forever death when death comes no matter how prepared we are for it we're never ready for someone that we love because you know we just can't we just don't understand it death comes and it doesn't ask your permission it just settles in It doesn't ask your permission. It it takes from you. It doesn't ask. It just takes. And they're gone for the length of our life on this earth. And I always tell people, you know, in, in, in mindfulness of this very thing about death, to make sure that you spend your life telling people that you love, you love them. And making sure the scripture tells us that we have to make things right with people and with God so that our conscience is clear between God, us and God and us and people. That way there's no stone left unturned. That way there's no regrets in the end. And, 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 and you're stuck left saying, I wish I would have did this. But it comes and it takes and it doesn't give back. And it doesn't ask permission and leaves you in a state of shock, no matter how ready you are for it. Death is something that we can't control. And that bothers us terribly. Understand this. You can't control it. It is going to happen. And people, when they can't control something and it's totally out of their hands and their hands are totally tied and they have to face it, can oftentimes lead to just failure mode mentally and spiritually. All this time that human beings have been walking on planet Earth and we still do not have the answer for death. But we do. For a believer, that changes everything. The Scripture says, O death, O grave, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? 
I no longer have to worry about the last breath I take here because I understand this is just the beginning. But life is really on the other side. And so death is more like a portal that we go into to eternal life. I want to read something to you. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7, it says, Jesus said this. Now, Jesus had just spent his time talking to his disciples and telling them all these things that was going to happen. All these terrible tribulations, they were going to die. And he sensed within them fear of what was about to take place. And Jesus said this to his disciples, and I'm going to say it to you guys and to Jessica Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home or in my father's home. There are many mansions. And if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. Someone spoke up and said, no, Uh, Thomas said, we don't know the way, Lord. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. Listen to this. I am the way. If you want to go where I'm at, heaven, I am the way. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. One, one's heart is the center pretty much of their personality. And each believer is responsible for the condition of their heart. When Jesus said to trust in God and trust in me, that death wouldn't be a terror over them because Jesus was preparing a place for them in heaven. But potential weaknesses and possible failures trouble us. People get worried about failure, and they get worried about potential trouble and having to deal with something. So huge. And so we don't like to think about it. Most of the time, when you're faced with something like this, like death, each one of us is going to go through it. But how much time have you spent this week thinking about your dying? Probably not at all. But when death comes to a loved one like this, it brings it to the forefront and makes you start looking inward and it starts making you question your own mortality, your own own life. What about me? And I've often said this, the greatest legacy that we could ever leave to our family is not money in which someone else will get one day. It's not lands in which someone else will possess one day. I often wondered in the houses that I've owned, how many people have owned that house, passed away, and it went to someone else and eventually made its way to me. 
the person that built that house who loved it so much. This is my house, my home. No, it's mine now. And it really isn't yours at all. It's just yours for a little while. Jesus' solution for troubled hearts requires us to trust in Him. And trust doesn't mean pretending we are strong. It means recognizing our weaknesses and the need for God's help. If we believe for a moment that we can follow Jesus in our own strength, we will fail as miserably as the disciples did, and particularly Peter. So David started looking at himself and realizing that, you know what? I'm only here for just a little while. So why not understand and see that, God, you're my only hope? What next? After we take that last breath, then what? Then we enter into everlasting life. Father in heaven, we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to take the words of the scripture, Lord, and speak to our hearts. To let the word accomplish that which it is sent, God. And we thank you for the word. And we give you praise and honor and glory in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Jessica, come on up. These are yours. I've never had to do one of these before. Um, I didn't really know what to say or do. So I wrote down um, a bunch of memories that are precious and treasured to me. And I hope that they're a blessing to you guys as well. You're all parents and grandparents and um, your grandkids might not tell you things that you wish you hear, but it didn't take me long to jot down two pages front and back of the things that I remember about my mog. Um, but I want to say before I forget, it's interesting, Pastor Jay, that you read the scripture, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life, because on the way to my mog and pog's house in the city of Beaver Falls, there is a side of a building that's exposed. And someone painted that scripture with Jesus and the cross leading into clouds. And my dad always had us say that to and from my Mog and Pog's house. Um, so if he listens to this, I think he'll really like that. Um, so Maga, you have a funny name because I could not say grandma when I was little. <laughs> um, my dad said, when I was learning how to talk, I'd say Maga. It was grandma backwards and inside out, and I'd put my little hands up and reach for her, and it just stuck. And only my siblings and I call her Magra, Mog for short. So um, it's a treasured name, and she swears she heard somebody else call their grandma Maga, but I'm like, no, no. It's all right, you're the only Magra. Um, 
So I remember swinging on the front porch with her on the swing, and one time all the cousins were in and it broke. Thankfully, nobody's legs were underneath, so nobody got hurt. But um, there were too many of us on the swing. We would cardboard down the grass, kind of like snowboarding, but it was cardboarding. Um, we'd use like candlesticks and the wax, and it would make you go faster. So um, we had, she had this button jar that she kept miscellaneous random buttons in, and she would teach us how to sew buttons on and random scrap paper, scrap fabrics. But uh, the button jar was interesting because it had a whole bunch of different kind of things. Um, ping pong down in the basement. Uh, she had an interesting ping pong approach. The table was great, but the whole basement was your oyster. So we whacked that ping pong ball everywhere. Nobody kept score because you couldn't, but that was Mog's style of ping pong. Uh, sleepovers all the time. She would do cushion forts for us, and then my siblings and I would fight over who got to sleep in the waterbed. Um, we did cookie baking galore every year for Christmas, and there's a picture on the slideshow of us, Molly and I, doing cookies, and I was always tasked with doing that apricot-filled ones, even though I don't like the cookies, but it was always my job. Uh, she did homemade apple dumplings and pies, made angel food cake for my Pog's birthday with strawberries and um, ice cream. My parents didn't put a water softener in, and so the water was hard, and it would like have that smell and the iron oxide on the stuff, so my Mog and Pog would bring out water jugs of water from theirs because it tasted better. And when they did that, it was always embarrassing because they do it at like a sporting event and people would look at us weird. But we're talking like 20 jugs of water. So from their car to ours. And they would always stuff the funnies in a bag for us because they knew we loved the funnies. And they would rip out articles from magazines or newspapers that were interesting to us. I liked astronomy, so they always shoved like constellation or planetary things in there for me. Shopping, she loved shopping. She was a shopaholic. It's probably why my mom hates shopping, but she loved pennies. That was her store. And when we were little, she would take us to Hills or Kmart as it's called now and Kmart's gone. But then we graduated to the mall. And anytime we went to the mall with Mog, we always shared a couple of the Auntie Anne's pretzels and the cheese. We didn't always buy anything. It was window shopping. You just kind of go in and explore and leave, but it was always fun. Uh, Christmas magazine shopping. So she thought she was being slick when we were little and she'd give us all these toy magazines that the department stores send out and she'd say, pick out what you want for Christmas. It was really for our parents, I think. But she, she knew how to get us to tell her what we wanted from Santa or, you know, from our parents. Every Friday, they would do a fish fry from Harry's. She would always do salad, and she would make us mac and cheese, the Scooby-Doo or something shaped ones, even though my pap didn't like them. Butterfly rolls from down at the bakery. Um, we would slide down the hallway upstairs in our socks. She had a huge jade plant in her bathroom that she tried to give to us several times, like little 
parts of it and I always killed mine. Nobody has them now. Apparently it died, so I'm a little disappointed in that. Sorry about that, Mog, but I tried. Um, she always had us pick out our own toothbrushes in the bathroom. Mine was orange. And just going into her bathroom in the master bedroom area was always magical for some reason because it was like, you know, a, a place that not everybody got to go to and you're little and you're like in your grandparents' bedroom and, you know, if you were feeling really bad, you got to sleep in there. And so it was just one of those things where you could go in there and kind of get ready for bed and it was a magical thing for some reason. Um, the hot dog shop, that's always a stop we have to do when I'm in PA. We always did a movie marathon over the holidays. Usually that's when cousins came in and we go see like five movies in a row. They had a deal or something over the holidays. Puzzle marathons, we always do those at the holidays. Um, puzzle on top of puzzle and my aunt would steal puzzle pieces to say that she finished the puzzle and it was a nightmare, but we engaged in it every year anyway. <laughs> uh, Jerry's ice cream stops in the summer. Rosalind's candy castles. She would send us turtle, um, not turtle, she would send us the Easter bunnies that people do, and my mom does this now too, but the rabbit ears would be missing, or the bunny tail. Even out here in PA, I'd get a bunny in the mail and its ears would be gone, and that was just the rule. Mog got the bunny ears. Um, her skin was super soft because she swore by Vaseline. I actually stole a blanket from her house. It wasn't really a blanket, it was a sheet, but it's super soft and it reminded me of her and it made me feel close to her when we moved. Um, we would sing on the porch when we were on the swing. Uh, the ones that I remember the most are, how much is that doggy in the window? Arf, arf, we love that song. <laughs> you are my sunshine and patty cake, patty cake. She was there for every birthday, and if we weren't there together for birthdays, she would call us like clockwork. And if you missed the phone call, she would leave the voicemail message singing happy birthday to you. Uh, she was at every sporting event, softball games, track meets, cross country, band events, chorus concerts. If they were outside, she hated being outside, but she did it anyway. She had her little visor on and all her, her sunblock and an umbrella and her little uh, lawn chair, and she was ready to go. Uh, she was there for all the school dances, you know, when you're getting all dolled up with your date. And she was there for all the shopping for the dresses. That was always nice. Um, in the evening when we spend the night, she would give us a snack. Uh, usually toast with some Land O'Lakes butter. For some reason, that was a treat for my siblings and I. I think it was because it's expensive. So my parents didn't buy it, so we always loved that butter. Grocery shopping together with her at Foodland or Shop and Save. Um, she always went to a full-service gas station. She never pumped gas in her life. <laughs> that or somebody else pumped it. I always found that interesting. Um, she had a sparkling clean house. She was definitely a homemaker and she took great pride. I mean, she had events like her obituary said all the time, um, pick up baseball games when my parents were in school. Just show up, hey, Mrs. Hardy. Um, I wasn't there for that obviously, but she hosted my, wed my wedding shower there. Um, my mom and dad got married in her backyard. 
So they hosted a lot of events. Um, her house was immaculate. You could eat off her kitchen floor. She would scrub on, scrub the floor on her hands and knees till, she, you know, she literally couldn't. And my mom was like, "You can't do that, mom." I do that now today because of her. <laughs> um, and she kept a house for someone up the road. It was a mansion, and she had a routine. Every room had its thing, and she was diligent about that. Um, she hosted all the family meals. Um, she'll bust out the linens, the china, the silver, have a little Christmas tree or something if that's the season, or a turkey of some kind for Thanksgiving. She always had a relish dish that everybody fought over. Nobody wanted to sit at the kid table. They always wanted to sit at the adult table. Even though the kid table was right there, it was just the concept of sitting at the kid table. Uh, she would, for those meals, she'd wake up in the middle of the night to put the bird or the ham in the oven and she'd check on it to baste it every so often. Um, never had a bad bird or a bad turkey, uh, bad ham. <laughs> uh, made her pies from scratch. There was no way anybody was bringing a pie into her house from the store. Um... I always wanted to be in the kitchen to help her and take some responsibility off her shoulders and learn her secrets of the kitchen. And then after the meals, I would always want to help clean up because I know how tired she was from working all night. Um, not all my cousins did that, nor my siblings, but I was always in there trying to help. And then for the holidays, we ate at noon, even though we called it dinner. So we'd be like hobbits and have second and third supper. And so she'd have to bust all that food out and clean up and put it away every, every holiday. Um, smell of the laundry, the dinner bell outside, she would ring it and bring us all in for dinner. Um, she would take us down to the playground at New Brighton High School. And it was the best playground ever because it was huge. It was like the size of this church three times over and it was wooden so you could get lost it was like a mini castle she would take us down the road to the park at brady's run and we'd walk the trail and do the little exercise things every so often or play tennis and that was the same concept as ping pong only it was in a cage so you didn't have to go too far unless you whacked it out of the the court um and we would go crick stomping sometimes Sled riding down the big hill. Um, her driveway, you have to understand, her driveway was like this. And it was big, they weren't pebbles, they weren't boulders, but they were huge rocks. And going up the driveway was like, ay, ay, ay. and so you'd have to get a running start because you hope that the driveway wasn't iced over in the winter. And if not, you get stuck and have to go back down and start again. Um, Playing the sprinkler outside as kids, she had a tire swing. Um, she would go down to the old house, which is where I, I lived for the first five years of my life. Um, so she'd just walk from her house down to ours to babysit me. She had a compost bucket that nobody liked to deal with after dinner. Um, she used to feed me like a baby penguin. <laughs> this is disgusting to my family, but she would take ice and crunch it and then put it in my mouth. 
Because she, ins I love dice apparently, and that was the only way I was going to eat it as a baby. <laughs> but she did that for me. <laughs> Not today, I guess. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> uh, she read all kinds of stories to us. Um, one that I have. My sister Rachel actually recorded for me as a Christmas gift in 2013, and um, all the cousins actually want this book from my Mog and Pog's house, but we're getting it because we're the favorites. <laughs> and it was a Disney book, um, Disney story rather, and it was Briar Rabbit and the Tar Baby. And that's a controversial thing nowadays, but she had this funny little voice when she read that book, and it was complex. It was a southern drawl with some weird spelling of words, so it made it difficult to read. But she, Rachel filmed her reading that for me as a Christmas gift. And so my mom's getting the books, and she might split them into fours. But I have the recording. And um, at the end of it, she said, Merry Christmas. I love you, Jesse. And so that's really precious to me to hear her read that story and have her voice recorded and her picture videoed. Um, at dinners, I saw how she would always serve my pog first, and then she would serve us, the kids, make sure the other adults were taken care of, and then she would eat. Um, she didn't always sit down at the table, but when she did, I always had to sit by her. I wanted to sit in between her and my pog, but if she sat, I had to sit by her. All of our friends loved her. They called them Mog and Pog too. Um, one of our sports teams, I think it was actually Molly and Rachel's team, I think. They even had <laughs> team shirts made for them that had Mog and Pog on the back of the shirt because they were at every game. <laughs> um, we would go berry picking, not willingly. My pap, my pog would drive, drag us, and we go berry picking in the summer. We're talking like four or five hours. And when we got back, we always had a grand lunch spread. She would have all kinds of meats and cheeses and chips and fruits and veggies for us to make a Dagwood sandwich and kind of recuperate after picking berries because then we'd have to clean the berries and stem the berries. So our work wasn't over. It was like an all-day project. Um, like I said, she was too cool and special to be called Grandma, so I called her Magra. She would mail me York peppermint patties over the holidays. We'd get Orem's donuts from downtown. They were the size of your face. You could not eat it on your own. She would sing, or we would sing over the river and through the woods to Magra's house we go because you literally had to go over a river and through the woods to get to Magra's house. I loved the feel of the soft grass between her toes when we would hang outside together and we would look for shapes and pictures in the clouds in the sky. And I could go on and on and on. But those are the things that I, just one person, out of all her grandchildren that remember and could easily recall. And I was thankful that the Lord gave me an opportunity to 
whisper a lot of those memories into her ear at hospice when I went in to see her and share my faith with her, even though she was a captive audience. I know that God made a way for her in that because I have a peace in me about it. And even though I miss her a lot and I'm gonna have to work through not being able to see her or talk to her again right now, I feel like I watched that Briar Rabbit video for the first time since my sister gave that to me for Christmas in 2013. And I feel like in some ways that's God saying, you know, everything's okay. You did what we talked about, Jessica. You went in, you shared your love, and you shared the love of Jesus, and you witnessed to her. And he took over after that. And that's all I can do because it's not been easy. And I have many more family members. But I take comfort that God was in control. And I really feel like she was able to make things right. Because God can do all things even though her body was in a state that it was in. And Satan might have been trying to do his thing. I feel like God used that and honored that because I was honoring him in going in and I didn't stay I went out spent my quality time with her spent quality time with my parents and one of my siblings and then I came back like God revealed to me that I should and I'm just thankful for him and I hope that I do get to see her in heaven like I asked to see her in heaven and I love her and I thank God for her and she has left an impact on me because she was so loving and gentle and kind and she's going to be missed a lot and i thank you guys for all being here for the gifts and the little messages thank you very much all right Bow your heads with me, if you would. Father in heaven, we pray in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we, again, we just ask your blessings on the whole family. We thank you, Lord, for Jessica being here and the impact she's made on many people here, Lord, especially the children, the dozens upon dozens of children that she's reached. Uh, we, we always remember Halar and how that she was led to Christ in one of the children's meetings and then passed away and what a what a miracle that was for that to happen and the awesome impact that she's made in in our little church we thank you lord for her words we thank you for being with the family in these times lord god and lord we just ask you for the still waters now lord god in the in the in the peaceful green pastures lord that we can have peace in now may your face shine upon them and may your blessings be with them each one in Christ Jesus' name, amen.